You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning. I'm Ashley Winch from Kansas City, Missouri. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. You're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for August 28th, episode 3254. Good morning, horse people. Glenn is out today weathering Hurricane Idalia. We are sending all of our thoughts and prayers to our Tampa Bay, Central Florida, and it looks like it's uh, that storm has shifted even further west to the Big Bend of Florida. So uh, all of our Florida friends, horses, auditors, we, our thoughts and uh, prayers are with you today and, and through this week as the storm is set to hit on Wednesday morning. Uh, this show, we have a great show ahead for you guys today. We have an interview with Kelsey and Piper Ewell. This is a mother and daughter a uh, Canadian team who is a part of a multi-generational uh, cowgirl history, which is just phenomenal. Piper is a Roman trick rider and all around incredible young horsewoman. I can't wait to share that interview interview with you guys. After the show, we're going to actually go ahead and call down to Glenn and get the weather forecast, get the scoop, and that's for our auditor post show. And I have joining me today, of course, Jamie Jennings, who uh, I believe just got your new American dream, your American oh, I hustle. I did. I um, We talked about it on Friday. So if you want the full story, go back and listen to that one. But um, yeah, so American hustle shipped in. It was crazy. I went and saw him and then, uh, God, this, this company is awesome. Bob Hubbard Horse Transport. They're not client. They're not like sponsors or anything, but they've shipped a ton of horses for me. And there are some great companies that I can recommend if anybody does need to long distance haul a horse, but Bob Hubbard, man, they are so on top of communication. And then they got here. Of course, they just get here when they get here. It was like four 30 in the morning. Of course you can never get a horse like at noon. They always have to come at four in the morning. And so I get out there and see him and, and he, the, Oh my God, he's so pretty. And he unloads and he walks into the stall. By the time I go back up there, uh, to get everything signed, they're watering all the horses on the trailer, make sure they have food. I'm just like, it's just a really impressive company. So, uh, thank Bob Hubbard for the horse transport for, for bringing my little dream horse. And then I did something, Ridiculous. So I, I had to put my dog to sleep on Friday and, uh, it was very, very sad. And, um, what do you do when you're sad is you buy horses. So <laughs> I might've bought another horse over the weekend. Good Lord. I'll tell you all about that, uh, as well. Um, and the, after the daily winnies. My Daily Winnie is going to go out to our new auditors. Thank you to Casey Berger, Philip Rars, Melanie Hernandez, Beverly Longstreth, Cynthia Holcomb, and Kelly Jones. We are so glad to have you in our auditor room. And if you're interested in becoming an auditor, be sure to check out our link that is always attached to the show notes, and we'd love to have you around. Well, my daily Winnie, oh dear God. So I, I, t I tend to sometimes 
I make really good decisions. Like I'm really smart. I promise Ashley. Uh, but sometimes I make, um, questionable decisions, but you know, uh, I had a friend on Friday tag me people stop tagging me in Facebook posts with two horses. I can't take it. So I had a friend tag me in a picture of a horse on Facebook, a little buckskin quarter horse. And for those who know, I have a horse named Duke who's 31 big buckskin and he helps me a lot around the farm. And so I think she thought, well, this is a little buckskin. It's like a mini Duke and she he can help you with chores on the farm. Well, I don't go see horses actually without having video. Okay. Fair. If, if you can't go out and take a video of your horse with your phone, there's some shenanigans going on. Okay. There always needs to be a video. So, um, they, they, the guy, so I messaged him and I'm like, Hey, tell me about this horse. They they're literally 20 minutes away. So it wasn't some crazy, you know, all day expedition to go look at this. Horse. It's so. not like you had to jump on a flight within 12 hours or any, no, you know, something crazy. Yeah. Crazy people. Like, supposedly because as a horse people, you have to read between the lines a lot of times, like really bad ad. So he sends me video within, within minutes. So I'm like, okay, well they had this on their phone and I click view. It's like a Google thing. It finally pops up. Do you know what this video was of Ashley? Oh God. I hope that it was just a zoom in of this horse's butt. Oh, that would have been nice. So what happened was, uh, it was a guy, this horse is like maybe 14, three. Okay. And it is a 350 pound Oklahoma beer belly, you know, quote unquote cowboy sitting on him in a Western saddle with like a super long shank bit. And he has a lariat and he's dallied it around the horn. And if you follow the lariat, about 20 feet back, the horse is dragging a tractor tire. Okay. With this rider on the back, the rider's on the horse, the 350 pound, the rider's on the horse, the 350 pound beer belly cowboy is on this horse. He's dallied a tractor tire and there is another huge human on the tractor tire and they are over under whipping this horse to get him to go. And this poor thing is pulling this giant human on the tractor tire through the pasture with this big old dude on his back. And I was like, Oh God. Oh no. Oh no. And I'm just watching. And like, would you dally a rope like that? I, it was just accident. And they're, they're like taking him, making him canter around trees, dragging this thing. I was like, Oh God. Okay. Stop, stop, stop. You had to get involved for safety purposes alone. I did. I had to. Thank you. And so I was like, you know what? I'll come see him in the morning. So uh, he's like, okay, I'll send you the address in the morning. Sent me his phone number. So I text him. It's supposed to be there at eight in the morning on Saturday. I text him at seven. I'm like, hey, we're going to leave in a minute. I need your address. No word. There was a lot that seemed kind of scammy about this in the first place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just like. Like the guy in the picture wasn't the same guy's profile. It was just one of those that I'm like, oh, this might not be real, uh, but it's so close. I can go see it and see if it is real or not. So uh, the guy never calls me, never shows. I Then I start calling him and I'm just calling him repeatedly because at this point, farm boy is here with me because I'm not going to the middle of Oklahoma to go look at a horse without, you know, by myself. Right. So, so we're sitting there and I'm calling, calling, calling. And I was like, I'm just going to keep calling until somebody answers. 
never answers an hour. I am now at this point, three hours late for my appointment. Right. So I'm supposed to be there at eight is now 11. So I I've, I'm like, I'm just going to start Facebook calling him and I start Facebook. Well, he answers that one. And I'm like, Hey, I'm supposed to come see your horse today. He's like, all right, come on over. And I was like, I was supposed to be there three hours ago. It's now 110 degrees. So fine. So I go, I, I get in the car. I've, I've got the trailer attached, of course. Um, so I'm driving, I go to his place. He's give me an address and it wasn't at this place. Like this wasn't a real address. And still I'm like, this is going to be a scam. I don't know where I am. By the way, before we got in the truck, farm boy was like, uh, you want me to, he's got a concealed carry permit. He's like, you want me to bring my gun? And I was like, yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> so what what I'm hearing is that we're just lucky that you're here at all this morning. Well, I have protection. Oh, so thank anyway, goodness. So I, I I get there and there's no address. Like there's nothing at this address. And 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 we're driving down the road and it's like a busy road. People are going like 70 miles an hour. So a farm boy looks up and he's like, "Wait. There's a buckskin up there." And it was like up the hill. There was cuz there were they had two horses for sale and Literally, you know, like those like 10 foot long cattle panels. Yes. There uh-huh. were two horses individually standing in a 10 by 10 cattle panels. There's no fencing. There's no shade. There's no roof. Literally, these two horses are standing in a 10 foot by 10 foot cattle panel out in like the full sun. And it's like a hundred and something degrees. Oh, I'm like, oh my God. So I can't pull into his driveway because I've got a horse trailer and it's like a trailer with like this cattle panels off to the side, whatever. So I pull over to the right. There's like a little like natural gas fill up station or something. I don't even know. It was like in the woods. And so I pull over in the woods and I get out. And at this point, the guy has noticed that a truck and horse trailer have come up to his house. And in that moment, he decides that it would be a good idea to bring the horse to me across a busy freeway where people are going 70 plus miles an hour. This is and wild. I, and I'm like, Hey, you guys, cause I'm with my friend Brooke. I'm like, there he's, he's bringing the horse down here. Cause we're across the road. I had to park cause I couldn't go up his driveway. And he's like, I'm like, he's, he's bringing the horse down here. He's bringing the horse down here. There's traffic. And so he literally crosses the road halfway and has to wait for like a speeding car to go in front of him. And he's got this poor little thing on a lead rope with like a rope halter. And he finally walks him across the road. Now, again, this is the said cowboy who was in the video. Okay. Probably, you know, just imagine an Oklahoma non-cowboy cowboy big belly corn fed corn fed oh yeah six inch long spurs that are jingling with every step you know and he brings his horse down traffic going by and then he keeps going comes across and he comes across the road to us now i mean i I don't know about you guys but that's not typically how i buy a horse i want to go see it Uh, i want to go look at it i want to walk it around i want to ride it i want to do all the things he brings the horse down he's like then he just won't stop talking. And he's like, yeah, I did this. I've done this. And this horse done this. And this horse done this. He told me that this was a pony horse at the track, which I'm actually looking for. A, I could use a pony horse. Great. Okay, perfect. So he, he but he, he won't stop talking. 
And he's telling me about how Toby Keith bought a horse that ended up he spent a lot of money for, but Toby didn't, he didn't make no money on that horse. That horse didn't run out of paper bag. But you know what? I bought one for $2,500 Remington. I turned around, made that thing a claimer. He won $800,000. Let me tell you something. I was like, well, then why didn't you buy a Whatever. Anyway, long, the guy wouldn't stop talking. So I walk up to this horse. Now, Ashley, there's a buckskin quarter horse owned by this guy. I walk up and I said, what's his name? What do you think his name is? Bucky. His name is Buck. Uh, yes, I knew it. <laughs> his name is Buck. So I'm like, what's his name? Okay. And he's eight. And I look at his mouth and I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, this horse is not eight. This horse is 12 plus 12, probably 12 to 17. This horse is of that age. No, he's eight. All right. Well, cool. So like, um, what are you doing about the ring bone on both front legs severely on one of the front legs? I guarantee this horse is sound, man. I'll tell you what you have. This horse won't take a lame step or nothing. He is sound. I guarantee him. Oh God. So I'm like, Brooke, trot him down. Let me see him trot without dallying a 400 pound human on a tractor tire. You know, let me just see him move. And, And he won't trot. So this guy walks up behind him and was like, God spooked him. The horse blasted away, almost got away from Bucket. This horse is so scared of this human. Like, and we're so- also next to a highway. If uh-huh. I, oh yeah. my God. Exactly. My heart. Next to a highway, on the side of the road, underneath some trees. This guy won't stop talking. This horse has ring bone. He's terrified of this person. He's living on a hill. Mind you, I couldn't look at the other horse because he wanted 5000 for that one. This one was a steal at $2,800. So anyway, I'm like, okay, what am I doing? So he scares the horse. The horse spooks forward. I'm like, all right, he's relatively sound. He was sound at the walk, and that's all I would have to have him do. So I walk. I'm like, okay. So I'm, I'm cranking his legs. Like He barely can bend his fetlocks. You know, he's just ring bone to like top to bottom. So I'm like, Oh, what do I do? 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 All right. Here's what I'll do. And by the way, the horse is branded, um, which I thought was interesting. So I said, Hey man, what do you take? And he's like 28. And I was like, I'll give you $2,000 cash right now. Do I need this horse? No. Do I feel like I have to help this horse? Yes. Y'all know me. (laughs) I am. This is terrible. And he's like, nah, I don't take two. I was like, I'll give you cash. And right now I got in my pocket. He goes, 25. Then I had a penny lower. And I was like, fine. Take the money. Just take it. Give me the horse. (laughs) Just give me that poor horse. Give me the horse. Just take the money. And meanwhile, I haven't ridden it. I haven't sat on it. All I've seen is pulling tractor tire. So he's like, I'll put him in your trailer. And he walks up to the horse and, and, and and, uh, the back door was open and he slings open the back door and he just jumps in my trailer and starts to pull this horse into the trailer. Of course it takes, you know, give him 10 seconds to stand there and look at the trailer. No, he's like, he's got the horse pulling its head into my one door, pulling the horse's head going, get in, get in the trailer. Get in! Cause I find what's really satisfying and really helps loading is, uh, staring at a horse directly in the eyes, screaming at it. I mean, it's worked every time for me. I mean, that's what we all do. Right? Yeah. Um, so what does a horse do? He gets in. I'm just like, buddy, I promise. And he's like, you got to have a halter. I need this halter back. And I was like, you know what? You can just take it off. 
Just take it off. Just leave him in the trailer. He'll be fine. <laughs> he's not going anywhere. I don't think he's going to jump out anytime soon. So I close the door. I hand the guy $2,500 for a horse that need, he needed some help. You know I what? I have a feeling, though, this God bless Buck, he's going to give you his heart. Oh, my God. Well, he is terrified of humans. Of course Ter- he is. So Poor I'm buddy. Time to just chill. I put him out with uh, the Pharaoh baby here. And so they're just chilling together, getting to know each other. And I think he's going to be fine. But I couldn't even catch him this morning. He's just like, I don't think so. But I finally did. It just took a lot of patience and walking and all the talking and all the things. So I got him in the barn. So side note, I'm like, this horse is branded. There's got to be some sort of story. So what do I do? I go on Facebook and I'm looking for a, a Facebook page to identify horse brands. And as we know, there is a Facebook page for everything. And I joined this Facebook page called like horse brand identification or something like that. And I post a picture, Ashley, of this brand, just the brand. I'm like this is on the right hip. This is the brand. Can anybody tell me anything? Within a minute and a half, Ashley, somebody messaged me. Oh, that's so-and-so up in Montana. That's their brand. No way. Oh, well, that's cool. Any chance you could put me in touch with them? Send me the link to their Facebook page. I go to their Facebook page. I send a message. I'm like, hey, I just bought this little buckskin horse and he has your brand on him. I'm in Oklahoma. If there's anything you could tell me about him, then that'd be great. 30 seconds later, Ashley, 30 seconds later. Yeah, that's our brand. What it's buckskin. Uh, yeah. Hold on one second. Let me go look at his papers. Literally messages me back 30 seconds later. Okay. Yes, that is Maverick and he's 15 and he used to live up here in Montana. I don't know how I got to Oklahoma. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Oh my gosh. He is 15 years old and his name is Maverick. Okay. Do you know what that means to the husband of mine who's a fighter pilot? You know, unfortunately, I do, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) I think I know better than most. (laughs) Yes, you are a fellow military spouse. You understand. I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Bless him. Maverick has now joined the American Pharaoh baby, who I keep calling Pharaoh baby, (laughs) out in the pasture. And he is a part of the farm. And he needed me. And I, I can't believe I just handed over $2,500 cash to this redneck turd. But like, I just had to, I just had to, I had to help him. So, and I did notice on his Facebook page that the other horse that was with Maverick has been sold. So hopefully he went to a, to a better place as well. But um, yeah, cause of course I couldn't sleep leaving one behind. Of course. Uh, <laughs> like I can't afford another one. This guy, anyway, I just, I had to, had to save him. So now if you see a little buckskin he's going to be best friends with the big buckskin. <laughs> and so it's, it's Duke and Maverick, the two buckskin babies at the farm. That is so sweet. And it certainly sounds like Maverick ended up where he was supposed to be, even though he was, you know, just a tad older than what, you know, he said it, that happens to the best of us. I, I get it, Maverick. I want to be younger than what I am too. I know. I just, you know, if people, you know, I know that this guy, I think he pulled one over on me, right? Like, Hey, I know that horse is eight years old. He, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how long he's had him. I don't know anything about this horse other than he, he said he's dog gentle. 
dog, you know, and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know. I just had to get the horse out of there and to help him not live in a little cow panel stall in the sun in a hundred. I mean, good Lord, who knows how long he's been standing up there in the sun, but I don't, I don't know anything about him other than that. What the one video that I saw and I know this guy's like, I can't believe I got 2,500 bucks for this horse, lame and a ring bone and all the things. But I just, <sighs> this is why really bad ads is so hard for me to read you guys because I see them and I want to go get them. So basically I bought a really bad ad. Yay. Yeah, IRL really bad ads. We love to see it. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I, some other people. Uh, I did notice that some listeners of ours have uh, one or two, especially just got Mustangs, like completely wild Mustangs. And I want to wish them the best of luck. And I remembered that you, didn't you compete in a Mustang makeover? I did actually. Um, this would have been quite a few years ago. Um, I think it was like 2013, not to age myself, like we were just talking about. But uh, yeah, Jamie, my husband and I were based at Langley Air Force Base. And as we spoke about, you know, I whenever we move, I always got to find my stables and just jump is, right in. Where's Langley? For those so great question. This is uh, on the eastern seaboard of Virginia. By Virginia Beach is probably the biggest city by Langley Air Force Base, I would say. Okay. Um, and they have a big, big, big horse uh, community in that area called Hampton Roads. And I kind of got plugged in with a cowboy for the first time. And I had never, I rid had ridden Western maybe once just with friends. And I learned all about starting young horses, liberty training, um, gentle horsemanship. And he said, hey, I'm going to do this extreme Mustang makeover if if we, you know, pay for the feed, would you want to compete? And I stupidly said, absolutely. Heck no, man. I was, stupid. I did not know what I was signing myself up for. I had never even started a horse before, let alone work with a wild horse. And um, so we had 120 days to make a, a untouched wild horse uh, competition ready. And we did just that. And and I'll save the entire story for another episode because that could totally be its own. But um, did you, so you had some help? Or you yes. Just, oh. So he kind he like was my coach along the way. I did all of the first ride, first touch, everything. But he was, you know, on the outside of the of the round pen guiding me through every step of the way. And because, you know, Zach, my husband's in the military, um, I did choose to auction off my Mustang at the end of our Mustang makeover. Yeah, and I was going to ask you, you don't, you don't have them anymore. No, no, I don't. Um, and that's okay, because the woman who actually purchased my Mustang mare at the time, her name is Susan Gary of Delaware. We are now close, close friends. She actually visited us when we lived in Italy, and we've spent holidays together. And she's actually going to oh, join us on the show tomorrow, Jamie. Oh, cool. Yeah, she's an animal scientist up at uh, University of Delaware. So we're going to have her on tomorrow to talk about um, Mustang health and Mustang care, actually, um, the difference in caring for Mustangs versus a, a typical domesticated horse. So make sure all of our Mustang lovers tune in to our episode tomorrow. We'll have a Mustang highlight. So I want to ask you about that auction because 
it's I've only been the purchaser of the Mustang at the auction, not that kind, but a prison. Uh, but mm. as the person who's purchasing, like selling this horse that you've spent 120 days with, and it's like I did the thoroughbred makeover and I spent six hours a day with this horse mm-hmm. and it was nine months. So I can't imagine how much you're trying to cram into 120 days. So you spend a ton of time with this horse and you compete and you do all the things and then you have to stand there and auction it off. What is that like? I... Like, if you guys know the meme of Kim Kardashian crying, she looks beautiful compared to how ugly I was crying that day. Like, I had to ask my husband to run to the bathroom to get tissues because I had snot running down my nose, like, onto my so chest. you're holding the horse in the arena. They're auctioning it off. You have, you're have riding off. while they're auctioning. And so oh, I'm, oh like, God. doing her best tricks, right? So we're doing a little jog. We're we're side passing over a pole. I'm doing, you know, spins on the front hand, spins on the back, just to, because I want her to get a better home and show how trained she is. And and I can't even hear what's happening. All I heard were that there were people betting, which is what I wanted, not for profit, but for my Mustang to find a good responsible home, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when it was all done, like I exit the arena in hand. So I'm walking my Mustang out and my husband's there and I, he had all the tissues and I'm bawling. And he's, I said, like, who bought her? He's like, I don't know. Um, but somebody was bidding against your coach. He was su- trying to surprise me and buy the Mustang <gasps> back for me oh. because we had done such a great job and we placed uh, in uh, top 10 for our pattern. And we really did wonderfully. I was so proud of myself and this little Mustang mare. And, uh, he he my coach was apologizing he's like I tried to buy her but I got outbid and and that's where we met Susan Gary and and she she was the one who outbid my coach and Suki my Mustang has had a wonderful life in Delaware being a trail horse and goes to a lot of clinics uh Craig Cameron um she's ridden with Craig Cameron gosh probably three or four times and throughout my journey I was able to study with Craig Cameron a few times and also Stuart Ryback so the Mustang kind of brought me into my like little taste of the cowgirl career (laughs) that's awesome it was really cool and I learned so much Aside from the thoroughbred, the Mustang is by far my my other favorite, you know, so t- special place in my heart. Well, hey, before we get to our first interview, uh, that by the way, beautiful story. I'm like, get a little uh, teary-eyed even thinking about something like that. That's That had to have been so challenging. Oh, man, can't imagine. Um, Cosequin ASU joint and hoof pellets contain quality ingredients to support joint and hoof health and leave out the fillers, full, uh, fillers molasses and alfalfa all while delivering the taste horses love. The colors of their ingredients shine through for a difference you can see. Visit CosequinEquine.com. And joining us now is Kelsey Yule, Piper's mom, who is also a cowgirl. Now, Kelsey, I understand that Piper is a fifth-generation cowgirl. Can you tell us about uh, your family's horsey history? Um, I guess the easiest way to kind of kick off is, yeah, we're... She'd be five generations. We are out in the special areas. So we're in the eastern part of Alberta, kind of what we call like the Hoodoos and Badlands area. Um, we ranch just if uh, in between what we would call Brooks and Hannah, so about two and a half hours east of Calgary. Um, we run a cow-calf operation. Um, 
obviously we have horses that we raise also. Um, and then our extended family has everything from, you know, bucking horses, um, from, you know, purebreds, etc. So everybody's very diversified. But um, I guess it kind of all started with our great grandma. So it would be my great grandma, but it would be Piper's great, great grandma. And uh, she's, both, both of them, actually, uh, both of her great-grandmas um, were just exactly what the pioneer cowgirl woman was in the early 1900s. Um, her first great-grandma, her husband passed away um, when she had five or six little kids, all under the age of, um, I'm just trying to think, about nine or ten years old. Mm. Um, and her youngest, youngest one... Um, were twins when um, her husband passed away and they were six months old. And so she had all these children, um, was out really in the middle of nowhere, very, very rural area um, in the early 1900s. And um, she saved the ranch and raised the kids. And um, it's just, a she had a really hard life. Mm-hmm. She really did. But she, she ranched and raised these children and, you know, when all the men in the community, after our great grandpa passed away, um, they all came and told her to sell out and move to town. And um, she refused and kept the place and made the payments. And it's pretty cool that, uh, you know, to have that kind of history. Absolutely. And this is in a, a, you know, at a time where women couldn't, I mean, legally do a whole lot on their own, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny that, you know, my, it would be Piper's great, great uncles and my papa would just speak with so much respect um, to our great grandma. And she passed away before I was, I was actually born. You know, she had a tough life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they just spoke with so much respect that she was able to keep the family ranch and raise these children and she ranched all day and she played, she was a lady too, like she was a cowgirl, but she was a lady and she actually played a uh, piano for dances, the whole cowgirl spirit and that whole, um, you know, tenacity and that trailblazing kind of attitude that I feel really whispers through Piper. It's, it's in there. The, the women in our family, it is a hundred percent in there. Um, and then, you know, we go to, the other side of our family, I guess that would be my mom's side. The uh, it would be my great grandma Bogey and Piper's great great grandma Bogey. Um, you know, she she came over here actually from Yugoslavia, mm. and uh, they came over on a boat. <laughs> and um, you know, typical of that older generation, our great grandpa was amazing and fun, but he was kind of a life of the party kind of a guy. And um, she ended up coming over here with $15 to her name with my papa. And they had it tied to my great auntie. Um, They had it tied in a handkerchief around her stomach when they were on the boat so they didn't get robbed. And they took their $15 um, that they came over to Canada with and grew it into, this is pretty remarkable, this story. Sorry. Um, pretty remarkable. They came over here. They had no idea. They just had no opportunity in Europe, right? And mm-hmm. I think that that's a lot of the times when people immigrate to America, to Canada, is kind of that American dream, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they came over with nothing and three little kids. 
and they were poor. They were really, really poor. Um, you know, they had to ship the kids out for a few years because they couldn't afford to feed them. And they ended up growing um, the ranch and the family ranch that we're on now currently that Piper um, has the opportunity to live this amazing life with um, to 100 sections. So they came over with nothing, had to farm their kids out because they couldn't even feed them. And to be able to grow from $15 to 100 sections of land on this big sprawling property is pretty amazing. So Piper has some incredible horsemanship coming from both sides of her DNA. <laughs> yeah, some pretty strong women, those older generation. And, and you know, family was everything, right? Sure. You know, there is never the fancy. And, and I, I feel like that's what's kind of kept Piper um, humble in humble, you know, her humbleness and um, her authenticity is, you know, our family came from nothing and had a really hard life and it's always reminded and she never veers from that. And um, yeah, and then it, and then it kind of goes, goes forward to her great grandma um, and she usually uses pictures of her great grandma um, in, in, um, pardon me, in a lot of her rodeo acts. It's kind of a tribute. It's all black and white pictures. And um, she, we, we usually don't speak much of it, but she was married um, before she was married to my grandpa and her husband chose to leave. Mm. Um, and so she, that was in the 40s. Um, and so she had two little children and she did what she could do, be a cowgirl. And um, so she ended up working on the community pastures and in our our area um, community pastures is anybody from the county um, that so you can put cattle in these big community pastures. So there'll be like 4,000 head, 3,000 pairs in these and they hire cowboys to look after the cattle and then they take them out in the fall. So it's these, it's a really cool thing. They pay their community pasture lease fees, everybody in the county and they're able to run their cattle kind of communally. Yeah. That's super neat. Kind of like a co-op. Yes, it'd be like a co-op, 100%. Very cool. Um, so that's what my grandma did. And I, I believe, like, I'd have to check probably with our state or province, we call it. But I think she was the first female lease rider um, in that worked in, the, like, the, the community pastures back then. And that's what she did to support the family and support her children. And she ended up uh, marrying the the neighbor boy across the road from her parents, um, would be my great my my papa, and then they continued on their family. And uh, so yeah, and it goes down to like, you know, my aunties, my mom, um, you know, they're out there ranching all the time, working. You know, they're cooking meals for all the brandings, the weedings. Um, and, and it goes down to like myself and to Piper also, um, you know, that same expectation. You're in the branding pen, but then you're also making the pies too, right? Just modern, modern pioneer women, really. I just, I can't tell you, I've probably got goosebumps about seven times through this story. <laughs> I just, I love yeah. history and especially through through a female lens, right? We don't really get that a whole lot historically. And that's just so empowering. Um, let me switch gears a little bit, Kelsey. And I want to ask you uh, about raising Piper. And as a parent, how do you instill and encourage fearlessness on horseback? Because 
I mean, Piper is out there doing the bravest thing I've ever seen. And she's 12. And it just blows my mind. Oh, I'm definitely not the one that instills it. I'm a mama. (laughs) I I am definitely not. Um, You know, I I feel like it's... um, you know, she's so comfortable and so connected with her animals. There's a really deep level of trust with her and her animals, her horses. That, and I think a lot of there's a lot of really good trick riders out there. There's a lot of really good, uh, you know, Roman riders. Um, but I feel like you know, Piper trains everything she has. She knows them inside and out, and they are so connected and bonded to her that um, you know, there there's just such a deep level there that there is a lot of trust um, with her animals. I would have to say as a mom and, and uh, if I don't like an animal, they're off the place Mm. and we don't buy in the horses. Um, These are ones that have all went through her dad first or one of the neighbors or family members that, um, or one of her coaches, like uh, we have a really close family friend, uh, Jimmy Anderson, and he's he's a really amazing horseman, and that's where Piper's learned her liberty horsemanship and been able to really, you know, diversify and make herself unique. Um, she does ride one of his horses that he's like, hey, you know, he's not showing real great in the show pen. Um, I don't need him right now, so go ahead and take him. So that's, you know, there, it's that making sure that we know those horses inside and out. But as a mom, I would say her dad is 110% a better um, coach than I am with things. I am picking up what you're putting right. down. <laughs> but but what, so you're, you feel safe in that all of these horses are thoroughly vetted before Piper's out there doing cartwheels on them. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Yeah, we we know them very well. You know, she's drug calves on them, and and you know they they prove themselves a lot. Like our friend, we have a really good friend of ours, Jessica Rutier, and she's a barrel racer in South Dakota, and they have a lot of the same mentality with their horses that our family does. That they have to prove themselves on the ranch in really high pressure situations before they get the opportunity to do things like, you know, barrel racing, trick riding, roping, team roping, any of that kind of stuff. Like they have to, you know, spend a year with my son on the community pasture, um, tying off to bulls and cows and, mm-hmm. and, you know, that kind of stuff and prove themselves no matter how great their bloodlines are. They have to prove that they are honest and that they are, you know, true, tried and true horses before they get that opportunity to step into such a position and I guess as a family we just kind of we have some ground rules mm. um, so you know there's one when she's trick riding her dad she runs really fast now um, <laughs> I didn't mind when she's on ponies but her dad or brother have to be in the arena mounted when she's practicing um, so if something does go wrong they can they can handle it within you know a split second mm-hmm. the pickup man three years and her brother's a hand, like really handy. Mm-hmm. So if something goes wrong, we try and put those checks and balances and those safety precautions in place. Sure. With that, if something does go wrong, because, you know, it, it's a lot of actual responsibility to have, um, as a parent, to have that on your shoulders when they're in the arena or when, you know, and when they're practicing, um, making sure that you're trying to keep a calculated risk. Right. Yeah, totally. Mitigating what we can so that there's yeah. as minimal amount 
of risk involved, even though we all know with horses, there there is an inherent risk that we can't account for. But that's that's the beauty of the sport, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, great example is um, Piper's just in St. Paul this summer. And uh, she stepped on, she was riding like one of the fastest horses in Perodio um, trick riding and his name's Buck. And he's one of my son's ranch horses that he uses out on the lease. And um, he just genuinely took the misstep in St. Paul when he was going so fast. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they run so fast. And he went down on Piper Oof. and um, it was, it was terrifying because you know, that, that horn on that trick riding saddle, it's like five inches of metal. So it can impale you oh my really gosh. fast. But I, I, you know, at that moment I knew that horse wasn't going to run off and drag her anywhere. Mm-hmm. He was going to stand, he was going to take care of her and he did everything to just be honest and true and take care of her. And when he fell down, he, tried to move away from her so he didn't land on her and and you know they both were able to walk away from that wreck and I think that that's you know mounting those kids and the safest that you possibly can and not strapping them into things I think is the other because they are a horse. Absolutely I'm so glad they both were okay so that we could do this interview today um that's so scary that's so scary. Yeah, it was, it was really scary. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's different. Piper's super connected, um, with a lot of the stock contracting world, et cetera, from just where we live. And yeah, it was, there were some of the men jumping over the fence. They didn't care. It was Piper. So everybody was making sure she's okay and she was able to walk away. And, and I'm grateful that her, her horse was able to walk away too. So, and, the, and you're going to have that, right? It's that mitigated, calculated risk. Exactly. And not being tied to an animal also is pretty uh, paramount, I think, too. No Agreed. matter how good that horse is, some things can go wrong. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Kelsey. We're ready to hand it over to Piper. Hi, Piper. We're so excited to have you on the show today. And I thought it'd be fun to start out if you could tell us about your favorite horse. Oh, so I have so many horses. We have like 30 head of horses at our ranch here. Um, but probably one of my favorite ones is my one Roman riding horse, Speck. Uh, he's probably my main horse. I use him for a lot of openings. I use him for rain cow horse. Um, I use him for boxing, I use him for ranch work, and I use him for Roman riding. So it's probably the one that gives me all of his heart to do what I do. That is so sweet. And so you don't just do the trick riding. Tell us a bit more about the different kinds of riding that you do as well. So I do trick riding, Roman riding. Um, I do liberty horsemanship. I do uh, cow horse. I do reining. I do cutting. And then we do ranch work. So um, we do kind of all of it. And it does help with all the horses' minds, too, when you're riding to have a different discipline to ride them in. It does help to keep their minds down and like not blown up when you go into the big arena. Sure, yeah, that cross training it is so important. Tell me the difference yeah. between trick riding and Roman riding for our listeners. So trick riding is more doing gymnastics on horses, and then Roman riding you're standing on two horses. So it's there's there's a big difference, but there's not, you know. So the Roman riding I like lot because I do it so much and I personally I think I kind of like it better almost mm. and the Roman riding or the trick riding 
I've been doing surf for so long and it's so much fun. It's like an adrenaline thing. Like it's like it, it gets your blood pumping. So that one's fun too. What is your favorite trick or stunt to do? Oh, so well, my trick riding is probably a shoulder stance. So you start on the um, right side, you put your right foot in your right stirrup and you hold on to the breast collar strap and you dive over their neck and put all 10 toes to the sky. That's phenomenal. And and do you do that from a standstill or you're running and grabbing them when they're running by? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my gosh. I can't even do a handstand on the ground. How are you doing it while the horse is running full speed? Honestly, I feel like it's easier than doing a handstand, honestly. <laughs> That's fantastic. Do you ever get scared when you're learning new tricks or stunts? Oh, all the time. Even <laughs> yesterday we were practicing and my horse like picked up a gear because it was like fresh. It was kind of muggy because it rained all day and it rained the last couple of days. So we in the arena and I was going to do some vaults. So you go around the horn and then you jump off the side and vault back in. And he picked up a gear and his stride is so strong. I thought I was going to rip my arms off because it always does. So I had to have a lot of pep talks from my mom and my dad to try and do it. What What would you say to other riders who, who are scared of different disciplines, maybe jumping higher or, you know, running barrels as fast as you can? What would you say to other riders to encourage them to be brave and, you know, try things that they're afraid of? Well, everybody has like those setbacks. And I feel like every time you feel like you can't do it, it's over just like that. And you, you get it done and you're going to do it. So, I mean, I don't know how to say it, but you'll get, I mean, you get to it. It's not something that it's not possible. I mean, you made it that far, whatever you're doing. So it's not like that's not possible for you to do if you put your mind to it and you're willing to trust your horse that you'll commit to it. That's very well said, Piper. Tell me, what do you want to do or be when you grow up? Do you want to keep, you know, doing horses your whole life? Or are you going to go be a rocket scientist? Probably. I'll probably keep doing my horses. I mean, training colts. I got on some colts this year and um, I did when I was down with my trainers, uh, Lindy Birch and Kelsey Love Thomas. Um, I got on some of their colts when I was down there and, you know, just helping them out, just riding them down for them or helping train them or like, I don't know that much, but I mean, just helping, helping them out a little bit, just getting them roped down. And that definitely helped. And I think I kind of found a passion in me for that. So that's definitely something I'd like to do. Yes. Starting young horses is a whole lot of fun, isn't it? They're, they're kind of awkward and gangly, but they're so darn sweet. Yep. My last question for you, Piper why do you think it's important for kids to get involved in horses? As a kid yourself, what do you think is so important? How do horses help you face every day as as a kid? Honestly, I feel like it's like help some people do like gymnastics and some and some kids are, you know, really lucky and some aren't as lucky. Like I feel like the horses just kind of make it like your world revolve around them and it brings out so much happy in you. And I mean, it's so fun to be around them and they just kind of like take away the problems. Yeah, I agree completely. I know when I'm out riding, I'm not thinking about anything that has me upset. I'm focused on the next jump or what lead I'm on. I totally, totally agree with you. 
Big thanks to Kelsey and Piper Yule for joining us today. Be sure to check them out at piperyule.com or on Facebook at facebook.com slash piperyule. The show today is sponsored by Purina Animal Nutrition with three research-backed ration balancers to fill nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Enrich Plus delivers a concentrated source of protein, vitamins, and minerals without unnecessary calories. Enrich Plus Senior features ActiveAge prebiotic technology and Outlast supplement for aging easy keepers. Omega Match is rich in omega-3 fatty acids and vitamin E, great for horses without access to green grass. Find a ration balancer for your horse at purinamills.com slash ration balancers or visit your local feed store. Well, hey, um, we're going to talk to Glenn here in just a second so auditors can hang on for that. We're going to check in. Uh, He's not in the eye of the storm quite yet, but he's getting close. And uh, Ash, as always, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with me and filling in. And I appreciate it. And you're just you're doing great. Thank you. I had such a blast. All right. Well, everybody have a great day. Spay, neuter, and geld. Time for the Auditor Post Show. We want to remind you that this is not always safe for work or the kiddos. Thanks for hanging around for our nonsense. Well, it's time to go down to Weather Central. We're going live to our reporter, Glenn, down on the scene of the hurricane. Glenn, how's it going down there? What's going on? So far... So far, it's very quiet. It's the quiet before the storm. It is so calm outside right now. And it's actually kind of nice. It's not as hot as it has been. So one good thing about hurricanes, they take the heat away Man, I for about been, a day or two. So I, I feel like I've been in my own little weird bubble with the world. So this is a hurricane, but like, I feel like we've been talking about this thing for like weeks. They just know that far in advance. This one actually has only been a couple days. They've uh, this one came up pretty quick, and oh, maybe there's you know, a whole bunch. There's a bunch of storms around there. I think there's a bunch of storms around. Right, okay. there's two major hurricanes going on right now. One's out in the water, and then there's this one. Um, and it, you know, originally, like like others, have it, it was supposed to come right over Ocala. Now it's going a little bit to the west, which means it'll hit a little bit north of us, maybe. Um, but it's supposed to be a category three, maybe going on category four when it hits, which means 130 mile an hour winds. That's a big one. Um, yeah, and we're still expecting up to 90 to hundred mile an hour winds here. And that would be about the same as Irma. And, you know, I was without power for a week after Irma. So, um, you know, it, it did some damage. And now I will say that horse people around here are taking it seriously. The world equestrian center is already full in one day. They filled it and they have thousands of stalls. Wow. Uh, so they were turning people away. The, uh, there's a livestock center here that, uh, is taking horses right now. Uh, we're moving our horses right now over to auditor Heather. Heather's been on our show before. She's the carriage driver with the drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to her barn cause it's safer than the one we're boarding at. So we're going to be moving over there in a couple minutes and then staying with her tonight. She's alone over there. So with all of her draft horses and stuff, we said, Oh, we'll stay with her tonight in case something goes wrong. 
I would like to suggest you don't stay in your camper. Jennifer's going to have to just suck it up and go no. to somebody's house. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to go in the house, I think, for this one. I'm not staying in the camper. You know, it isn't the wind. It's probably not going to knock the camper over, but we got a lot of trees. We just have so many trees. Live oaks and pine trees like to come down. So, Palm trees live forever. They never come down. That's so weird. Those look like they should just topple over. So you've got 100 <laughs> mile an hour winds, but it doesn't just come and go. Like this is like maybe a hundred mile an hour winds for like 36 hours or something. Now this one's moving pretty quick. So it's probably Irma lasted 17 hours. We had those winds and it was just crazy. Um, this one will probably only get those winds for six to 10 hours. Um, and I say only six to 10 hours. You this know, is still a long time. I want, I, if you ever fucking say another word about a goddamn tornado, I'm going to lose my shit. I, how many times have you gone through this? Good God. This is ridiculous. I mean, only seven to 10, 16, 23 hours. I don't know. Good Lord. <laughs> I am glad we have a good place to bring the horses though. And, uh, thanks for Heather for doing that. Um, and you know, hopefully I've got the chainsaw already. It's already over there. You know, we're ready to go. If trees come down, uh, <clears throat> I probably will not be on the show tomorrow morning cause it's supposed to be hitting late tonight into tomorrow morning. So Ashley, yeah, I have to cover again. Sorry, buddy. If you were dedicated, you would figure it out. Okay. Seriously. <laughs> you know what I just noticed too, is at our house, we have five bars and cell. It's down to two already. And I don't even, it, we had storm isn't even here yet. So I don't know what's going on. So does it uh, seem like people are taking this one more seriously than others? Yeah, I think they're about as seriously as others, uh, you know, especially horse people. I did notice the bucket truck caravans have started. They're right beside our farm. There's a big open lot and there must be a hundred bucket trucks that just rolled in this morning. And then um, uh, the FEMA trailers are at the Florida horse park. They're the trailers they give people to live in when they lose their houses. I'm telling you, Jamie, there must be 500 out there. There just are tons of them lined up. Uh, now, if a tornado goes through the, through the Florida horse park, nobody's going to have any place to live. It's going to be like matchboxes out there. But, oh, my gosh. You know, we forget that is a big problem with these kinds of hurricanes is tornadoes. What? You know, we're under a tornado. Yeah, tornadoes are a huge problem. Um, and that's one of the things they talk about. We're in We're in like the major tornado area on the right side of the storm. A lot, but they don't like your tornadoes where they go 30 miles on the ground. They come down, they destroy a few things, and then they pop back up. But there's like hundreds of them that do that. Uh, so, you know, with these big storms, tornado is, tornadoes are a, bit, are a problem. Oh, my God. It's like the apocalypse of Florida. <laughs> yeah, well, they're wicked thunderstorms within the, within the hurricane. It's just a bunch of thunderstorms. So it'll be a wild night and a wild morning tomorrow, and then we should be all done, and we'll see how long we're without power. So when something like this happens, do you and it's like hammering down on you all night long, do you get any sleep? I don't. Jennifer sleeps like a baby, and it really pisses me off. (laughs) It just makes me so mad. It makes me so mad. She slept through Irma, and we were sleeping in the feed room of a barn on the floor, and she slept, she was the only one of about 10 of us in that feed room that slept, but she slept through almost the whole thing. 
That is somebody who does not have a guilty conscience, like a conscience at all. Like (laughs) sleeps like a baby wherever. That is crazy. So she just happens. So nobody sleeps except for Jennifer. It's like super stressful. Do you like weather it out in a storm shelter or something? Or you just like, oh, please don't rip the roof off my house. That's it. That's pretty much it. You know, we don't have basements here. So there's no basements in Florida. Uh, And there's really... You know, a lot of the house, like the one house will be in tonight's concrete block. So that's at least good. Um, and, you know, the, everything down here has to be up to certain building codes. And, and I think it's 160 mile an hour winds. Mm-hmm. So the roofs are all have, have to have, have extra attachments. And all. I learned all that when we were buying this house. And we, the guy took me up there and showed me all that. Like hurricanes. Like the traps. new one. Yeah. And actually the new barn and everything that we're building out at the property. Um, yeah, has to have all of that. It has to be 140 or 160 mile an hour wind rated where we live. Uh, by the way, that could be a good thing. Zach started clearing the land. He's got about a about a third of it done, and and you know the storm might help clear the rest of it. And we don't have to pay him. It's like it's free, Glenn. It's just gonna just roll <laughs> right. right through. That's awesome. Now, Chad just informed me that we have hurricane straps on our house too. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. yeah. For tornadoes, yeah. <laughs> All I can think of when I hear hurricane strap is like somebody has like one of those wench things, you know, that they just tighten down. Yeah. Well, you know, we're looking at getting a metal barn, and the town where we saw the sample, they have built there like ten of them, and we went over and saw the sample last week, and that town is going to be like getting a direct hit. So we we figured next week we'll go over and see if any of them are still standing, and then decide if we want to get that barn. Well. You- you do what we do here in Norman, which is when there's a hailstorm, uh, you go car shopping the next day. Because <laughs> everything has hail damage and they're just fire sale. Get rid of it. Well, we might be able to get the barn that was on the lot. It was exactly what we wanted. Exactly. I may so. have some dings and dents in it, but you know, you get it at a discount and you can fix it when you get home. That's right. It's all going to get dents in it eventually anyway, right? Exactly. It's just horses, you know, what are you going to do? Well, seriously, you have missed so much in my existence from the just the last like three, four days in the last week. So make sure you listen to Friday and make sure you listen to today. Cause I'm not spending an entire day telling all this, talking about all the shit again. Okay. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> and Ashley, thank you for covering for me. I really do appreciate it. Uh, there would be no shows without her right now. The pleasure is all mine, and hopefully the auditors uh, stick around. <laughs> hey, actually, to be fair, like, um, not not to be whatever, Glenn, but since you've been gone and Ashley's come in, we got five, seven, two, three, four, five, six, seven new auditors. So I noticed that. So does this mean I can retire now? Oh, I can't <laughs> say that. We'll have, a, we'll have a thousand emails again. I'm not retiring. Don't worry about it. I might blow away, but I'm not retiring. <laughs> we'll talk right, to well, you tomorrow from Alabama. <laughs> yeah, give us a call. Give, give me a call when you're doing the show tomorrow morning, and I might be in the middle of the storm. I can give you a live report from outside. Oh my God, can you go outside and stand there like I'll that go guy outside, on the by, Weather Channel? Oh, oh, by the way, Jim Cantori is about 20 miles west of us right now. Uh-oh. Straight west on the Gulf. That's never good news. <laughs> if you see Jim. It's time to evacuate, baby. He flew into Gainesville, and he's about 20 miles west of us, just right on the coast, and it's due west. So there you go. People see him in their, like, real lives, like, on a regular day, and they're like, oh, shit, get out of here. Everybody run. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they are evac. I do hear that most people are evacuating over there, because that part of the Gulf, 
is all just lowlands. It's lower than the, you know, it's very low. I mean, if they get the 10 foot surges, it'll be over people's roofs. Oh, yeah. So, uh, fun well, fun. Hang well, hang in there, buddy. For... All right. The... We'll talk to you tomorrow from the middle of it. Oh, that'd be great. We'll talk to you then. <laughs> hang in there. Right, Tell Jennifer guys. to get some sleep, for God's sake. Take uh, rest. <laughs> Will do. Congratulations. You made it through another post show. Thank you for all your support. Now, go ride your horse.